Network Radio. This week's show is a journey into consciousness, working through the wonderful trance mediumship of Mick and Sylvie Avery, with wisdom brought through by spirit guide Gregory Hay. To find out more about their work, you can visit www.spirit-teaching.com. A very warm welcome to the show, Gregory and the White Cloud Group. It's great to have you back. Thank you so very, very much for uh, inviting us once again, dear friend Ian, and uh, we uh, extend to you the greatest love and affection from our side of life. Thank you so very much. Okay, all right. Um, just before we get going, I've, just, um, I've got some questions I want to ask you, and then I'll probably spend maybe five, ten minutes just talking about some current events that are happening, because I think there's some really important things that are happening. But, yes, of um, course. Last week, last time we, we chatted, I kind of threw you in the deep end with an opening uh, question, really, like to give us some information what you thought was important. And I, I actually quite like the that opportunity because it gives you a chance from your side of life to offer something up which you feel is important um, that yes. might otherwise get missed if we don't ask the right questions. So I just thought yes. I might start on that again if it's okay. Yes, of course. Absolutely so. Uh, part of the situation that we feel is important really is the extended uh, condition to do with Bluetooth technology. This is really to do with the way in which um, the microwave generated from this different technology is then uh, creating havoc within the physiological uh, brain of people who use them. Uh, this is borne out, my dear friend, by the fact that uh, if you inquired as to the situation when repairs have to be made to uh, radio masts that carry these signals, they all have to be turned off, I understand, in that given area uh, before any uh, such engineer can climb the mast, otherwise he would cook. Is Bluetooth technology the same as microwave uh, was used for mobile phones and wireless networks? Yes, yes, quite so. So my point, really, dear friend, is the fact of uh, that we are somewhat concerned over the situation whereby many children at this present time are actually uh, becoming more and more user-friendly to these technologies. And by using this Bluetooth technology means to say that you are actually placing this kind of uh, uh, environment deep within the middle ear. And that obviously then creates various effects which from our vantage point we can see will have a gradual effect upon the beings and their wellness uh, in years to come. So is this the, the Bluetooth um, headsets that people are wearing or, and, or both the mobile phones as well? Uh, yes, both. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause I, I've seen pictures of that. I've seen pictures of the the effects um, that mobiles have on adults, and it only goes sort of halfway across or something like that. But in a in a child, it covers the whole brain, doesn't it? Yes, uh, that's the right. Effects of it. Um, yes, quite true. Is there is there anything you can wear um, that can sort of mitigate the effects of it? We have not seen anything as yet. We are still making tests on our side of life, really to see what other um, situations may come of it. Uh, but it is, from our viewpoint, uh, most disturbing, really. 
not to alarm people unduly or unnecessarily, but we feel that the problem here extends purely and simply because the industry itself has become so large and therefore it means that governments or welfare uh, service providers or whatever are somewhat loath to broach the problem. If it were not a problem, then you would not have to switch off a, a whole mast of, of, uh, and others in the area as well in order to make it safe for one person to climb in order to carry out those engineering repairs works, even if it's just for five minutes because of the damage it would do to that person. It also uh, makes us, in, also in this respect, somewhat concerned about the placement of masts in and around school uh, uh, situations. Would, um, you know, the people at the very top of these companies, like the CEOs and stuff, would, do they naively give these phones to their children or do they have devices that wouldn't do this? We have not seen devices that would not do this. Because they, they seem to be in complete denial, don't they, of it? But then, yes. yeah, it's going to be one. Of, it's going to be a time bomb, isn't it? Really. Well, uh, as I say, we we are not uh, scaremongering in this respect. We are very concerned uh, in an open way as to the effects, uh, plausible effects that we see of uh, human beings cooking themselves if they spend too long on uh, using, in using this. It's one thing to be uh, using a, um, a telephone in this way, but that, uh, that you are using it in a way that is away from you. You yeah. see? That well, you're sticking into it. So if you've got, say, like, I've got an iPhone in front of me here, and I'm holding it in my hand, and I tend to just use it a lot, just check emails, visit websites, yes, and stuff like that. But it's not near my head, so I use it for minimal usage near my brain, yes. if you know what I mean. Is, is, yes, that, is that a safe way to use it? It is. That's what I'm saying, that it would be better to have uh, that and have a kind of a speaker uh, uh, situation that you could, in fact, wear uh, uh, a, a, a speaking cable, as it were. I'm not quite sure of the terminology of this. Uh, in your ear, that would be perfectly all right, but not the, the, this other kind of technology, which then it has a, um, this... Wireless. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yes, quite so. This is what uh, others in the group have been talking about and that they're uh, most concerned over. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, if, thank you for bringing that to my attention. I've actually been on a workshop about this myself and um, a physicist gave an excellent presentation on this. Um, and he, he was, well, as far as I knew, he was um, trying to invent things or he was trying to market something that um, helped mitigate the effects but obviously we don't know whether that works or not so yes yes quite so and the very fact that he is doing that means that there is a problem mm. you see yeah and and so that is why i felt it was necessary to uh, raise it i mean this kind of leads on to a question i've got here anyway that which, which i've written down um and that is really a is about technology but just as we sort of move further along and you know technology seems to be coming on at sort of an exponential pace and I just wondered, are there any kind of spiritual technologies that could be coming our way in the future? Because I think that 
it's almost like we we use technology so crudely and you know we'll sort of open up to be a bit more spiritual people realize about consciousness and other realities and stuff like that just wondered if there was other technologies that could be coming our way you know which could really benefit us Yes, I understand, my dear friend, the, the condition really to do with biothermal uh, uh, technologies, in a sense, will become something that is much more prevalent on your side of life once the realization uh, is gained by those on your side of life in the positions of power, I suppose, in order to actually utilize these. Uh, we're talking about bacterias, uh, various different kinds of bacterias, which then mean that all of these beings uh, um, are then, in effect, creating energy by ulterior means. So, in a sense, that's like harvesting a certain uh, group or species or subspecies of bacteria, which then are enabled to uh, bring about uh, biothermal technology as well as uh, energy in order then because that then becomes more like a free energy. Yeah. And so there are these conditions surrounding this, as well as other uh, uh, illuminations. I understand that uh, in respect of the harnessing of technology, it will always be that technology from year upon year will double, in fact, or even treble in its ability to do the job for which it was designed for, but more so that of technology to do with uh, being able to take the place of limbs and other parts of the physical matter in order to uh, uh, correct certain disadvantages that some human beings and animals have. After all, I understand that animals on uh, using prosthetics um, is actually a very viable uh, situation and condition now. And I understand that this will become something even further used in um, the time to come. Yeah. So it means to say that these tech kinds of technologies, it's not for the sake of trying uh, and thinking that just because it's a horse or a dog or a cat, that it won't be able to cope with it, you see? Human beings have to actually change their mind apparatus as to how they think that other beings will cope in certain given circumstances and situations. Animals actually adapt very well to change. They don't necessarily always succumb to not being able to cope with it. What about technologies around reading people's minds or even... Uh, even been able to see dreams and stuff like that. Yes, interesting um, that you should bring this up. I understand that there are, um, how can I say this? It, there are potentials toward it. I understand it's actually to do with radio wave technology and also uh, some other kinds of transportation technology, uh, really, that is a part of the uh, um, governance of uh, various different aspects of uh, radio wave uh, and how to actually bring this about in something that would then mean that after all at this present time you can transport images in respect of disassemblation of, of the image into pulses or 
uh, into a digital uh, 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 pulse, which is then able to be reassembled in the place of um, of its reception. So that means to say, from the point of origin, it's actually able to to harness that form of technology and then reassemble it somewhere else. So the obvious then condition from this is of being able to do this, but actually with the mind, but through interpretation of that in respect of pulses uh, using electronic uh, uh, simulation of this. So that would mean that, that gradually it would become more and more advantageous and acceptable perhaps for the conditions of the mind to then become more explored and employed really in these kinds of technologies so that it would act in actual fact be that you would be able to uh, place on a screen what you actually have in the image of your mind. There's, there's an argument around technology, there's, a, there's an argument I've read before where people say that you know humanity is going down the kind of external path where we've forgotten that we've got all this power and abilities within us and therefore rather than ha you know using mind telekinesis telepathy by location um, we just we've forgotten that and have to go down the external route of doing everything externally which is you know you could argue is the, probably the wrong way I mean is that a, a correct assumption or you know I, 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 to be honest, absolutely, my dear friend, I would have to say that there is a place for both and not to shun technology for the sake of it, but to actually say, well, here is a, a possibility of harnessing this and making it work for you and perhaps enhancing the way that you think or the way that you're actually able to send and transmit thoughts and to create a, a viable option for those thoughts to actually be transmitted and correctly received. Yeah, I suppose it could, could it be abused though, I guess, that sort of technology. Yes, absolutely so. I feel that that is perhaps the logarithm of fear that many people will have to do with these kinds of, of situations and issues. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. With, you know, with a, if you're a spiritual being and you've, you know, you, are you able to sort of block your thoughts. I mean, as a, a spirit person, you know what I mean? Can you block those thoughts from going out and being received by something? Do you have that control? I think it really depends upon who, who you are and where you are at the time. If you're in the physical side of life, I would say that actually some of the time it's very, very difficult for human beings to be able to do that simply because they aren't trained. They haven't reached that condition. Even if they've been meditating a long time, it doesn't necessarily follow that is a part of the training of in meditation that they have managed to organize the mind. Don't forget that the mind in itself is something which can orchestrate outside of your condition of uh, apprehension, of wanting to. Therefore, you create the command, you cre create the impetus for uh, a um, perhaps a personable effect. I hope you understand what I'm saying here. And then that means that, in actual fact, you're you're transmitting the idea. You're gathering together the ideas and the thoughts about surrounding this effect that you want to create. And then 
doesn't necessarily mean to say that you stop it from being transmitted because you're actually gathering the thoughts and trying to make them fit, trying to make them work in your own mind. Uh, oftentimes, I feel that many people on your side of life will perhaps spend way too long in actually trying to bring about, trying to work out ways of um, how they may be able to uh, gather or, or transmit an idea which in actual fact is already out there. So, and that's not to say that the preliminary, it's not like you're doing it in physical life where in physical life you, you, you do all the pre preliminary work first and try to bring about everything in its conclusion so that you then submit the final evidence. Whereas what actually happens is you have all of those thoughts and situations that lead up to that, some of which actually spills out into our side of life and beyond, of course. And do you see those thoughts as, as images? Do they sort of pop up as, you know, if I was starting to think about love hearts and stuff like that, but is there like love hearts appearing above my head sort of thing? <laughs> What's an interesting thought, my dear friend. So uh, I, I understand if we were in the proximity of where you are at present and we were uh, in a sense concentrating upon that then it may well be the case however the likelihood is that what we would see and what we would understand would be the quality of the energy that you emitted rather than the vision itself do you see right okay the quality so the vibration index of that Yes, that's right. Absolutely. Vibration index is everything. So does that uh, tr translate into a color? Yes, oftentimes it does. Transmates, translates into a color or simply as a vibration. So it's the vibration index which has a count, a verifiable count, which then means that it creates the energy from which it sprung. So, for example, then, if the love hearts that you created were indeed very loving, and very sincere, then the vibration will be very warm in temperature as well as in color. So does, would that also then attract energy that's similar to that as well? Or yes, it, absolutely so. And can it, right, okay. Is there, you know, is there a truth to the notion of like attracts like in terms, I, I think I've no, like when you're kind of working with, with guides and helpers on the other side of life, would you have helpers come in that match your index, if you know what I mean? Not necessarily. No, usually it is that the helpers and beings walk with you are, are in a sense of a different vibration. And what that they want you to do is try to change your vibration to match theirs. You see? Yeah. That doesn't mean to say we're talking about higher or lower, it means it's just different. And that's the same as if you were sitting next to a person in a on a bus and you never met them before. Part of what you actually engage with, dear friend, is not only the pheromonic activity, th that of when you first sit down, perhaps it might be because the man smells bad or because of his odour, or perhaps um, it, it is quite the contrary and that uh, perhaps then the, the next trait that you find firing into your uh, whole senses are not just physical but also mental as well and what you pick up 
is uh, uh, part of the mental abridgment of, of mind consciousness that is emanating from that person. Maybe they've just meditated or something like that. Or, or listened to a really beautiful song that they'd like. So it's elevated that person's mind and they are full of energy and they're, they're very uh, uh, content and uh, uh, perfected in a sense. So that will be the energy that you pick up and then you will then obviously either feel uh, uh, through, the, through the way in which you interpret that because your brain wave activity is picking up on that pheromonic activity but also on the spiritual insight of what is actually happening from the being who's sitting next to you. It's like when someone smiles you can't help but smile, <laughs> even though it's a bit awkward because you don't really want to smile like a complete stranger. Yes. But or yes. when people are laughing around you as well, it just makes you yes. feel so happy. So yes. just wonder, is, is, is there more going on than, you know, there's more is energy being released at the same time? As Yes, it is not just a visual situation, although the visual aspect of it is something that you pick up straight away. It does not necessarily mean to say that if you were blind, you would not laugh. Because in actual fact, you would also pick up, if you were blind, the wave frequencies of energy emanating from the person or the people around you who are also observing it. Yes? It always amazes me when you hear about blind people because the other senses just seem to open up so acutely, don't they? That they can, they can yes. just sense everything from either hearing or just knowing where things are. Yes, um, that's... And there's one lady, I think they, there's people that have um, learned the techniques that the whales or dolphins use, the clicking sound. And it's, yes, yes, that's right. Yeah. So. And he, he builds a picture up in his mind just from doing the clicks. Yes, 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 quite so. That's right. And in actual fact, but that's because when they use that uh, uh, form of communication, not necessarily with one another, but simply the communication with the world in which they live, it means that they have an attention of the reverberation that they get back. Well, everything's waveform, isn't it? Here yes, that's day. right. So, Everything is. Yeah. So yes, I guess, on the physical side of life, yes. So when you think of the brain, the brain is just uh, it receives its information and just has different ways of drawing a picture, whether visually or through sound, hearing. Yes, that's right. The point I was trying to make really though, uh, dear friend, about the uh, blind person is really that if you have a blind person who was blind from birth, then they will not have an apparatus of what anything looks like. So it means to say that they will rely entirely and solely upon the matrix of, of what they pick up and the information uh, incoming to the conscious physical being and also through their spirit of course as well that means that these different situations are then interpreted for them just like as though they were seeing. It's more difficult for a person who had sight and then loses it particularly if it's um, um, perhaps at certain crucial times of life. Do you think there'd be technology in the near future for people like that to have their vision repaired through um, an artificial eye or a camera or something that can generate? Yes. Oh yes, absolutely so. I, 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 I see it highly probable. Uh, moreover, I would say uh, that of using other, uh, the parts of other eyes. 
Yeah, oh, I see. Yes, as well, in order to repair that. I understand this is already happening in any event, uh, using the corneas and that kind of thing. Uh, but I'm talking really about uh, because some people actually have uh, uh, detach, um, uh, detachments from not just the retina, but from uh, other because obviously the retina you can reattach, but really to do with other aspects, perhaps to do with the, the actual uh, passageways or the uh, linking between the eyes and the physical brain itself. And sometimes it's actually to do with the detri detrimental state of the brain of that area, or simply because it never became, uh, uh, never became fulfilled in that way. So I believe that there are absolutely possible and plausible technologies moving forwards in that respect. Okay, all right. I've just got yeah. another question here, really, around um, yeah. around consciousness, really. Like consciousness, we call it, call it consciousness. You can call it the field. You can, it's just a wave of energy. It's just in, you know encompasses yes. everything, isn't it? Just wondered, you know gravity right is is gravity a side effect of consciousness are they is it kind of are they both linked together and gravity does what it does but it's actually a side effect of consciousness it it's not really a side effect of consciousness uh, gravity is something that is affected because of the planet and its activity as is the sun and almost every other planet so that means to say that gravity in itself is simply a condition of living uh, bodies, if you like. That means to say, to a certain extent, that there will be a specific gravity to do with the conscious state, yes, that it may have an impact upon it, but simply because of the, the living dynamism, if you like, of uh, a living being. Now, if a, if a person then and I understand that this is um, coming really, in a sense, from some um, beings who have uh, certain religious uh, views and understanding to do with vibration and to do with their consciousness setting, how they are then able to perhaps defy gravity. Indeed, I understand many peoples have made a great many advances in uh, their understanding and their experimentation to do with levitation and various other kinds of conditions, um, maybe to do with the spiritual aspect of it, but also really to do with uh, really very, very much amassed conditions uh, surrounding the consciousness and the possibilities of being able to use uh, consciousness in order to change the specific gravity around one's own persona. Because I've, I've heard the theory that if you are able to go faster than the speed of light, then you can overcome gravity and also the effects of inertia, a mass. Yes, so I have that, and, and so therefore the sense of weightlessness becomes uh, complete. Uh, my point really, however, is that you still have the constraints of being in the physical state in, in that respect. I feel actually many experiments to do with this would be better placed when um, for the student or for a person to actually carry out these experiments in water, which in itself creates a more weightless environment for the individual. And so therefore would mean that person 
uh, obviously it's a bit dangerous because that person could quite easily uh, maybe fall asleep and then drown or something like that. Or oh, heaven forbid, we would not want anything like that to happen. But you, could, you can use flotation tanks. That's a really That's good experience. Good. Yes, of course, absolutely so. And I feel that in that respect may well be a, a good practice to be able to experiment in these kinds of devices to enable uh, a different kind of understanding about vibration to take place. Yeah. As that would affect uh, most certainly your own feelings about the condition of weightlessness, but also uh, to understand perhaps how you may really and truly uh, extend your vibration and speed it, uh, make it faster, make it more loving, more giving, which in itself will enable it to become much more uh, uh, superseded, in a sense, from your previous energy. I mean, are, are there people that live in amongst humans that are kind of humans that have, um, their, their vibrations are different to ours and, and they're able to sort of disappear? Or you know, just sort of phase out because they're a different vibrational index. Is it? Is it? Will it ever be possible for humans living now, who are humans, in, yes. in, to actually change their index, disappear? I understand. This is a little about the. Um, uh, it's a bit like the. Uh, uh, there was a book, was there not? The Celestine prophecy. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I understand, and that it's a very uh, uh, illuminate. A piece of work really because it's actually about the vibration index and how love can change your vibration index to something uh, that is not spurious but something that is manageable and actual. The point is could I see that human beings could do that? Yes, most certainly if they would only but dispense with the ego that surrounds it. Yeah. I mean, do, do spirits still have ego, though? I mean, if you had no ego, wouldn't you just become back to God, if you like, the Godhead, just not, you know, back in everything, all that is? Yes, uh, to a point. Uh, the point of ego is really to do with survival. Human beings, animals, have ego as part of their animalistic behavior that's intrinsic with their instinctive state. That doesn't mean to say that just because I call it ego, it means it's something nasty. That is a connotation that human beings have for people who are overabundant about themselves or their ego, uh, vastly inflated from perhaps what they really need to use in the environmental aware awareness or cursor that is creating ego for that place. After all, if you did not actually have some kind of environmental instinctive ego as a species, you would not bother to survive. So it gives you an intention. It gives you a plausible understanding. I want this. Uh, amoeba has ego. Yes? Yeah. I mean, on, on the journey, you know, spiritual journey, I mean, would you ever want to lose the I, you know, like the the... Their identity, that's what I'm saying is, I mean... Yes, I understand. Yeah. I, yes, I understand, Finn. I understand also that there are many religious uh, conditions which are completely um, focused upon this, the loss of identity, the acceptance of the one, doesn't mean to say 
that you have to lose yourself completely. In actual fact, I understand the premise from it and the very many uh, beings who constantly meditate in order to perfect this state of oneness with the universe does not necessarily mean to say you lose all essence of self, but rather that you step into the being, the state of pure being, as that, as being, uh, in a sense, it's oftentimes misinterpreted as when you are in the pure state of being, that you lose all sense of oneness or all sense of self and instead become inclusive of everything. Now, in that respect, it means to say that you would then desire perhaps no food or you would desire no water. This obviously is sometimes the situation that is met by many gurus in various different states of uh, awareness who will say, I can exist on just a small piece of leaf, perhaps once a day. And that is in a sense because they are living on a different kind of energy wavelengths, which means that their metabolism has changed doesn't necessarily mean to say that they will be able to go on indefinitely in that state of uh, at oneness with the universe and I personally do not see the reason for doing that other than a, a, an experiment. The whole point about being giving of oneself to one's environment and the state of everything is that you do your best for it not to stay there aloof of it or to feel that blending within the environment or the oneness of the universe in which you live is actually then that you continue to live. Would it not be better for you to actually go and actively take an active part in saving the planet rather than just sitting there and breathing and using the air uh, upon which you exist? Yeah. I mean, I've, I know people that know people that have tried this, and they've, every single one of them have done it as an experiment and then returned back. It, it, yeah. it wasn't something they could sustain for a long period of time. So no, that is quite true. I do understand that, and, I, and I'm not here uh, uh, at all in deriding this and saying, well, it's foolhardy or whatever, I'm, I'm, uh, or, or that it's a pathway to nothing. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that it is a very dutiful experiment for human beings to take upon themselves the universe and mass as a whole and understand not for the purpose of washing away their ego entirely because they're misunderstanding what ego is and therefore they would never actually even resort to eating another thing if they were to rid themselves of ego completely as I say, because the large part of ego is actually something which is instinctive behavior driven. So part of what we are learning here is really more to do about the loving awareness that you have, which results from perhaps the conditions that you create about the love that you feel for and toward other beings. Part of the situation that we find so interesting, for example, in the Buddhist way of uh, this kind of, uh, not entrapment, but this kind of circulatory uh, 
uh, uh, breathing and this way of giving to all beings is that of actually understanding and acknowledging the pathway of all life as being sacred as that is something that we ourselves have always felt and in that respect doesn't mean to say then that all beings that come back to our side of life the physical side of life who were lions tigers or or beings that ate other things were then discarnate or were then lower life forms it doesn't mean that at all these were simply beings that lived as a species form in a certain kind of registry in a way which befits their evolutionary states their mutation where they had come to in that respect does not necessarily mean to say that it's always going to be a uh, lethargic lesson or something that's aggravated by the very violence that they have to create in order to sustain themselves naturally if a lion was able to learn to eat with a knife and fork and perhaps didn't have to kill its own food then it would be quite a different being but even when you have the situation of a, a, a home domestic cat and its whole intention is that you simply give it its food so it doesn't have to kill anything it's still going to go out and kill things because that's evolutionary and in a way of its species adaptability in its conscious physical life that is what it is uh, genetically formed to do so no matter how much you try to disassociate it with that act it may well come to the fact that eventually in during its life if it is completely housebound that it will actually lose that instinctive behavior although i feel myself it will still be in the background of its conscious living state because it's a part of its ego survival and instinctive survival it has been programmed to enact that means not programmed as in computer but programmed as in its attraction to to form the survival tools it has been enacted with that's not its fault doesn't make yeah. it a lesser being okay so uh, just um, on that note really to do with the, the question I had really was around like you know like we think of some people think of God as an external being um, others feel it it's just this whole it's just the oneness makes up everything Yes. And, we, and we're all part of it kind of thing yes that's um, right but you know before we came into existence though you know it must have been something you know how did this something create so many different things you know like you've got feminine energy masculine energy po you know po polarity negative positive just just you know i just I, I can't i just can't fathom how that all happened if you know what i mean like some people say that god this this energy had a fault and that one thought created one universe and that, that, that thought may have been may have been i want to explore free will you know what happens if you do this with free yes. will yeah. I mean, is, is that do you, do you see it like that no i don't at, at all actually i see it more in respect of mutation of uh, you have to look at it in a different way in that all physical matter mutates otherwise it carries on in its existence until it passes again back to uh, the spirit world that doesn't mean to say that the matter itself passes 
back to our side of life, but the memory of it. So the memory is a vibration. And in respect of the whole condition of it, we would see that if you had then two isolated frogs in a tank and you cut the back end of one frog off and joined it onto the front end of another frog and that you swap them around, would they actually behave differently if they didn't feel any of the events that happened, but just that would they actually connect with the, with the rest of the physical body or would they simply act as an organism still surviving? Let's take it into account that all of its bits and pieces were all connected back up again. Then would it be that frog would deliver something that was different simply because part of it, it was wearing, in fact, the back end of it wasn't its own, but was somebody else's. It would actually transpire that because you transmit you transpose the body parts of one to another means that its cell memory continues the creation. And therefore, these cell memories oftentimes can link with the actual consciousness and the mind of the other being and then become entwined with it. So it has a different consciousness journey than if the event had not happened. That's exactly the same when you are looking at different species and how they have mutated from one being to another, from one situation to another, is simply because of cause and effect and the environment in which they live and adapting to that environment and the chemical measures and changes needed for its survival. So it's something that happens over a slow period of time or may happen quite violently and exponentially as something of a, a, a mass extinction that then creates a different situation. Purely and simply, the wiping out of one species may, in, in respect of, and you have situations of this that happen upon the earth plane where dinosaurs were wiped out, not entirely, because you have alligators and crocodiles and many different forms of lizards, which, and birds of course, which are still the mutations from that environment. However, what actually took place were that many other different kinds of animals were then able to become a part of that life. This is all part of the mutation of physical state, but is also every single one of them is a part of the consciousness state of that universe itself. Now, when you're looking at the universe itself of where you live and exist at this present time, you're only experiencing the universe in which you live apart from those who maybe think outside the box, part of those images that they see and the interaction that they have may be delusional, others will be exact and exacting, maybe because they're not looking for it and therefore it happens to them. So we are looking at these different situations of when you are assimilating of what the energy of creation is, it's only happening in your time sequence and the environment in which you are Regarding it, it's not something that you're really contemplating as the universe. That means to say, not just the universe that you see and experience, because that is just like a grain of sand to what actually is, which is like the universe that you experience now as being every single grain and granule that, ex that exists in your known universe now, 
there are that many universities that are continuing to be built and continuing to be created because the creation of all life continues not to expand itself, but simply as a part of the creation process. But how, how did it start, though? I mean, it must did it always exist or did yes. it begin? No, there's not a beginning. So it just always, it's always existed, always. Yes, but your known universe at this present time hasn't always existed. No, I know, I know. But the actual, yeah. the whole, when you're thinking of everything, you know, its entirety has always existed. But is, does everything belong is, to one being? Is, is, it, is that true when you say that? Is there one actual consciousness? We just, really, when you think about it, just part of one being. And we just, but we're just deluding ourselves by separating ourselves into different aspects of one consciousness. It's not deluding oneself <laughs> to separate oneself uh, from your neighbor, particularly if they uh, smell or if their behavior is something that is not to your liking. Then that means to say that you put space between yourself and that being because you don't want to be associated with it in likening terms. Uh, my point, really, dear friend, is that, you see, your universe, known at this present time, started as a one-inch sphere. Some say it was a cube. Uh, we are in two minds, actually, at this present time, as to whether it was a sphere or a cube. And it measured exactly one inch. So that means to say that this is the same about all of the other universe which exist. And it's a continuation then that this one inch cube was in fact just like a grain of sand on another planet. Or in a, another star system or another time field. It is not something that human beings should really fret and become disillusioned over because it doesn't fit the pattern or the mold they have set for themselves. The problem I feel really began when human beings began thinking of themselves above and beyond all other state of life. Yes, I know quite simply that all human beings, or in the main, are supposed to be more intelligent than animals. But in actual fact, it's becoming obviously plain that this is simply not the case. And however, it has become that human beings are very much more powerful, perhaps, than all other animals in respect of capability. So that gives them the edge, means to say that it is the dominant species. Doesn't mean to say that God is made in that image of dominant species. That's in a sense just to underpin the dominance uh, and the glorification of itself. That in itself is an egotistical state, I feel. And that isn't to say that I want to take away everybody's minds, you see, and make them feel useless or lifeless or that they have no image or they have no uh, intention. They have every intention and the intention should be for all beings to try their very best to create the wealth and the beauty of love that is within them to cultivate that 
so that they garden themselves, their minds, as well as the world upon which they live. And then you will find that all of the universe can come together in one loving embrace, in a sense, because all beings come from originally a place of love, of, of desire, not a desire for negativity, but a desire for completion. Yeah. Okay, wonderful. I'm glad I asked that question. Um, now, before, just, I've got two more things I want to ask before we wrap up. Um, yes, and one of them is just to uh, get your take on what was, you know, the, the, the seal mystery that was happening in the North yes, Sea yes. in the UK. Yes, yes. I, I understand that this is actually a, a, a condition which is in, which was in the main due to um, agrochemical agri uh, interference. And I understand that this, in, in effect, had brought about various different bacteria, not that would necessarily then become present and obvious, but that, how can I say this? It, it's like bacteria that are in water can be so minuscule and so um, uh, inoperative to the human eye that it would feel that you would feel, oh, well, it's just a, a, a whatever species, you see? And that, but in actual fact, what's happening is that the agrochemical uh, combination from uh, runoff from the land and that is brought into the rivers and streams and ultimately into the sea, you must remember that the sea, the North Sea especially at this time, is like a captured environment. It's very, very difficult for that environment to cleanse itself because it's very shallow. It is uh, very shallow indeed. And that means to say that it's a, a very difficult environment to cleanse itself in a very uh, natural way. If you were looking at the west coast of Ireland, it would be completely different. But it isn't. So in this respect, it means that part of the situation that's happening is by and large really to do with seal pups, which is simply, it's not that they are, we understand that the situation, the condition developed purely and simply because this bacteria actually made them completely uh, not be able to eat, not be able, actually they were hallucinating a lot of the time and that uh, our experiences and our observations of them have shown that many have uh, succumbed in this respect to these like uh, hallucinatory uh, experiences which has actually meant that they have felt very sick indeed and simply not able to feed. Part of this I feel is phosphate-based. Sure. I'm not sure if it's a different issue, though, because the, the issue, I think, um, that the lady was asking in the previous show was um, they, these have been gone through some kind of engine because they've, they've got sort of spiral lacerations all around their bodies. Yes. Like they've gone yes. through some kind of engine. Yes. They're, they're, like, yes. horrific, the way that they've... Um, yes, I understand that, too. That's a different and separate situation. But I, I also wanted to address... Yeah. address this other situation as well. The the laceration uh, conditions, as you describe, part of this is actually because 
uh, at the specific times of breeding, you must understand that at this present time, there are not, uh, and it's not just seals, it's other species as well, I understand, that there are not the conditions of, uh, it's basically that there are, uh, are just simply too many human beings at this present time if, uh, in that particular given area. They don't have the wildlife that exists in those areas do not have place of themselves. They need sanctuaries. They need places of complete uh, uh, um, separation from humanity. And that is something which is happening in a sense on a worldwide basis. So much of the conditions would be relieved if that were the case, that more sanctuaries were created. I also understand, however, that there are also other conditions to do specifically with um, other life intervention, which is to do with other beings not of uh, the human state and not of the earth. Yeah. And that is to do with their more experimental uh, pathway that is taking place at this present time. And I understand in this respect that because of the the actual consistency now as well of uh, uh, awareness on your side of life uh, that, that in fact to do with what we've been saying for uh, a very long time to do with the amount of planets and uh, star systems that are actually able to support life actually bears this out in, in more and more um, uh, conditions and situations arising of extraterrestrial or ultra-terrestrial activity. Just, just, just the last question there, really. Um, there seems to be a lot of um, disclosure happening, especially in the last week, that there was a press conference in uh, Washington and they yes. had um, a large number of military personnel there talking about UFOs that would power down in nukes. Also, the Rendlesham Forest was uh, the anniversary from 1980. Yes. And this seems to be the media now just seems to be reporting this stuff in a more serious manner. The Vatican come out and announced that yes. they accept other races within the fold and they would baptise one. So just wondering, like it seems like there's factions within the powers that be that are heading maybe towards disclosure, whether it's yes. going to be all-out disclosure, whether they're just going to keep releasing information like this. Yes, I, I feel, my dear friend, it will continue to be this way for a little while yet. I do not see that complete disclosure will come um, in the way perhaps that maybe would become accepted. However, I do feel that there will become more events which, for the best will in the world, that governments will not be able to explain away into their little boxes. And I, and I really feel, uh, particularly as in the events of Mexico and uh, uh, various other places, that uh, these will simply become more and more apparent. And so they, they have to come clean with it, you see? Mm. Uh, it is just a matter of fact. I do hope so. Okay. All right, that's certainly um, left food to thought. So thank you again for um, coming on the show and enlightening yes. us. Well, thank you so, yes, thank you so very much for inviting us and God bless upon your journey, Friendy and Jones. Thank you. Thank you so, God bless. God bless. 
If you would like to book your own personal reading with Gregory to find out about your own soul journey, then please visit the graphic banner underneath the show or visit www.spirit-teaching.com.